¿Qué tal mi gente latina? Hoy les tengo buena noticia. El día 10 y 11 de junio del 2022 llega a Chicago la Convención de Cannabis de Nican de Illinois. No se lo pierda. La ciudad de Chicago abrega 44 dispensarios de cannabis. Impresionante. Nican se esfuerza de traerle los mejores dispensarios de cannabis en la industria junto en un solo lugar. No importa su nivel de experiencia en este tema. Todos están invitados al evento a explorar la sala de exposiciones y escuchar docenas de expertos de cannabis. Ya llega pronto Nican Chicago. Tenga su boleto hoy en nican.com raya diagonal Illinois de nuevo nsann.com raya diagonal Illinois Hola mi gente, it's Joshua as founder and host of the Basel podcast, I want to thank you for listening to this show where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community from la isla to the diaspora. Let's be honest traditional media is not lifting up Puerto Rican stories that reflect the nuance and beauty that exist in our community and we hope this show plays a little part in changing that. If you want to help us share the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here on Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. Subscribing helps more people find the show and will help you make sure you never miss an episode. Leaving a five-star rating or whatever the highest rating in your app is and showing some love in the comments helps too. You can always give a donation by looking up the Paseo podcast on SaveChicagoMedia.org. All right, that's enough from me. Enjoy the show. Hola, mi gente, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Basel Podcast. Longtime listeners will know that these episodes pop up from time to time whenever we either have a guest on who is not Puerto Rican or we want to share a good conversation or announcement from an organization in the Puerto Rican community. In this bonus episode, we're going to share a press conference from the House Committee on Natural Resources, which oversees insular affairs for the United States, including the affairs of Puerto Rico. So what you're going to hear in this press conference is a historic announcement from the congressional members who have supported two opposing bills that address Puerto Rico's status, one being the Puerto Rico Statehood Admission Act, which would be a yes or no vote to admit Puerto Rico as the 51st state of the U.S., and the other being the Puerto Rico Self-Determination Act, which would call for a convention that would bring delegates from Puerto Rico and the diaspora to decide any other status for Puerto Rico that wasn't its current Commonwealth status. The press conference will tell you more, but to give you a high-level view, U.S. House lawmakers announced today that they have come to a compromise and are working on legislation that, if passed, would trigger a binding referendum on Puerto Rico's political status. The proposal would require Puerto Ricans to choose from three options, independence, statehood, or sovereignty in free association with the U.S. What makes this different from past referendums is that it would be binding, meaning that it would require Congress to act on the referendum, regardless of the outcome. While this is a historic step in what I think is the right direction to decide Puerto Rico's status, I should add that the bill does face little chance of passing in a divided U.S. Senate, mainly due to Republican opposition. Basically, with the current makeup of the Senate, this legislation would need at least 10 Republican votes to pass in a 50-50 Senate as long as the filibuster rule is in place. Two Democrats, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona, have both vowed not to waive the 60-vote requirement for legislation, effectively blocking that possibility. Now, this doesn't mean the bill could not get passed. It just means the path is not as clear as many, including myself, would like it to be. The speakers you'll hear from in this press conference announcing the details of the Puerto Rico Status Act that again will allow people of Puerto Rico to determine their own political future include House Representatives Steny H. Hoyer, Nidia Velasquez, Raul Rialva, Darren Soto, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Resident Commissioner for Puerto Rico Jennifer Gonzalez-Colón, and Governor of Puerto Rico Pedro R. Pierluisi. Let's jump right into it. Uh, good morning, or good afternoon, I guess. We're a little late starting, <laughs> but we're, we're pleased to be here. And I'm, I am very pleased to be here with all of my colleagues. Um, I want to start by saying I, I went to Puerto Rico the first time in 1976. I was president of the Maryland Senate. 
there was a meeting of legislators in Puerto Rico. And I fell in love with Puerto Rico. Ten years later, I was in the Congress of the United States and uh, became a, an advocate of statehood uh, for uh, the people of Puerto Rico. But more than that, I am a supporter of the Puerto Rican people determining their own status and their own destiny. And I think that's what everybody here agrees on totally, that it is the Puerto Rican people that will ultimately make this decision, hopefully with the strong uh, support uh, of the Congress of the United States. First, therefore, I want to thank my colleagues and our former colleague and now Governor Pedro Perluisi for being here today, and we expect the governor to be here before this press conference ends uh, to discuss the historic progress being made toward enabling the people of Puerto Rico to choose their future status. And when I say very hard work, uh, everybody here has worked hard, diligently, candidly, and honestly uh, to achieve this objective, and I thank all of them. After months of negotiations, the Puerto Rican Status Act represents an effort by the sponsors of several different bills to come together and arrive at a compromise that would be supported by a majority of members. I want to commend our members who have been working on this issue for years. I believe the bill represents what can be achieved when both sides come together, negotiate in good faith, and reach a consensus on an issue that is important to us and to the people of Puerto Rico. The Puerto Rican people do not want to be a colony, and the United States of America does not want to be a colonialist power. Uh, this legislation seeks to address that issue. However, it is just the first step in the legislative process. I want to emphasize that. Uh, first step, I want to stress that we are sharing the discussion draft today in order to provide transparency and to solicit input from the people of Puerto Rico before conducting a markup or moving legislation to the House floor. The chairman of the committee that has jurisdiction, Mr. Grijalva, uh, from Arizona will be discussing that, I know, as to his intention as to how that will be done. In its broadest terms, the discussion draft embodies a central principle that I will repeat again and again and again. The people of Puerto Rico must decide the future uh, for themselves. Congress has the power and responsibility to initiate and facilitate that process. Most importantly, unlike prior plebiscites, our legislation would implement the will of the clear majority of the Puerto Rican people. Key elements of the, this compromise to give Puerto Rico self-determination include defining Puerto Rico's non-territorial status options on the ballot, which are independence, sovereignty in free association with the United States of America, or statehood. Laying out of the transition and implementation process for each option providing for an objective, nonpartisan, federally funded voter education campaign leading up to the vote. That has been very important to all the members, uh, and I thank them. And uh, we, I've been discussing it both uh, with, with all of these members, how important it was to make sure that the Puerto Rican people understand the consequences of each of the alternatives. We recognize the unique relationship uh, with the United States since 1898. That's why it was important to us to include the provisions supporting Puerto Rico's transition to independence or sovereignty in free association with the United States should a majority of voters in Puerto Rico choose either of those options. Lastly, the draft legislation tackles some of the hardest questions in order to implement the choice of the voters, including citizenship status, benefits accrued by residents of, of the territory of Puerto Rico for various U.S. federal programs, including Social Security, as well as travel and work in the United States if Puerto Ricans choose an option other than statehood. Let me say this. All compromises, in all compromises, not everyone is getting everything they want. That is the definition of compromise. Everyone had to yield on something, and I'm so thankful to our members for their commitment because they felt so important the reaching of a compromise which would give the citizens of Puerto Rico a choice 
that then would be implemented, a real choice. This is a compromise with a clear purpose, to give the people of Puerto Rico that choice that I just spoke of. They deserve to build the future they want. As I've said many times before, I hope they choose statehood. But most importantly, I believe in self-determination for the people of Puerto Rico and all peoples. These decisions are not up to me or to the Congress or other elected officials in Washington. Our responsibility is to offer the people of Puerto Rico a choice, the information they need to make it, and then our com commitment to implement, and that's critically important, to implement whatever decision they make. But that decision about their future must be made by them. I look forward to comments uh, about the legislation and working with members to bring this bill to the floor. I would now like to recognize my friend and the chairman uh, of the Natural Resources Committee uh, that has jurisdiction over this issue and who has worked so hard and whose leadership was absolutely critical to get us to this end, uh, the chairman of the Natural Resources Committee, uh, Mr. Raul Grijalva. Raul? Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, let me thank Steny, uh, his initiation and his office initiation, his dedication of staff to this uh, has been the impetus for uh, the product that we're talking about today, the discussion draft about Puerto Rican Status Act. Uh, you know, getting to this point has not been an easy uh, process. And uh, we had two very, we had two pieces of legislation, HR 2070, uh, Puerto Rican Self-Determination Act, uh, the Chair Velasquez, uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, uh, and uh, other members on the committee, like uh, Representative Garcia and others supported. And we had H.R. 1522, uh, a member of the committee as well, Mr. Soto, uh, Commissioner Gonzalez Colon, and Mr. Gallegos that joins us here today as well, uh, that supported that. And the path forward was eventually we're going to reach a point where we had the committee through the markup process and through the hearing process is to make a choice. A choice that uh, didn't look clear and didn't have the momentum, regardless of what choice we made, uh, to push it forward, uh, in, either to, to the entire House or to the Senate. And we knew that. But the passion and the importance of this issue to each individual uh, that was involved in this and the, the sponsors of the legislation, I want to thank. Uh, because there's, like I said, not an easy process and, and, and has a lot of risk. Uh, but at the same time, I think this draft discussion, and that's what it is, let me reemphasize uh, Steny's point. Uh, this is a draft discussion, and it's going to be, as of today, already on the committee website, naturalresources.house.gov, uh, on the political status to immediately begin to receive input and send, and the legislation will be there, but we're going to send it out as well and begin immediately to receive input uh, from the most impacted people on this issue, and that is the people of the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, that's where we're at right now. I think it is progress, it's historic, and the two big differences, I think in any process, uh, you will notice that current status is not part of a choice. And that is a point of consensus between all the sponsors of any legislation that we're talking about here today. And that point of consensus is this coloni colonized relationship with Puerto Rico needs to end. And what is the step forward? And the choices there is a step forward uh, for for the people of Puerto Rico. But it's got to. But we want to make sure it's an informed choice. We want to make sure that people have people of Puerto Rico have an opportunity to uh, to be listened to, to receive their cri criticism when necessary, their suggestions as well, and and incorporate that those questions as we move forward toward the Maka. But the outline, the parameters, and the template for going forward is before us with this draft legislation. Is it perfection? No. Does one side claim victory over another? No. But we do claim a historic step from the House of Representatives to move a piece of legislation to the Senate that begins a process that's binding and democratic. Binding to Congress and fully democratic to the Puerto Rican people. That's what 
we intended to do. And, uh, you know, this has been an interesting process because as chairman of the committee, um, the accusation was that I was uh, either sabotaging statehood deliberately and, you know, uh, giving me more credit than I have. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, that, uh, uh, that didn't support independence because I was very happy with the present colonial status of Puerto Rico over and over again. Well, that, you know, um, besides not being true, the process here, I think, showed something. And it showed that the representatives that participated in this took the risk and are forwarding this to the Puerto Rican people for their reaction. It, it's important and carries a certain amount of courage with it. And I think we should applaud that as well. Uh, so with that, let me now have the opportunity to introduce uh, my dear friend, Chairwoman of Small Business Administration, and uh, without it needed to be said, one of the essential advocates in this whole process, and an essential advocate for the people of Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico and Latino people in general, uh, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for being here. I would like to start by recognizing this as an historic opportunity to solve a country's long dilemma. Over 100 years ago, the United States invaded Puerto Rico, and ever since, the issue of Puerto Rico's political status has loomed large. We're here today because we agree we must move towards decolonization. The current status is unsustainable, unfair, and undignified. Solving the Puerto Rican colonial conundrum so far has proven impossible, due in no small measure to a lack of consensus among Puerto Rico's political movements. It is no secret that members of Congress sharing this podium today, myself included, hold opposing views on how to achieve Puerto Rico's decolonization, an issue for which I have fought for decades throughout my tenure in Congress. After decades of gridlock, we have come to recognize that there will be no decolonization for Puerto Rico so as long as we fail to find a common ground. Doing right by Puerto Rico requires that the crossfire comes to an end. And that is precisely what we have done. After continued discussion with leader Hoyer, Chairman Grijalba, representatives Soto, Ocasio-Cortez, Gonzalez Colon, with whom I held several one-on-one -on -one meetings, sometimes hours long, we found common ground. We are sharing the discussion draft, discussion compromise today to get input from the people of Puerto Rico, elected government officials, groups, organizations, and the public before conducting a markup or moving the legislation to the floor. Broadly speaking, the discussion compromise embodies a proposal from Congress to the people of Puerto Rico to make an informed choice on their political future. The people of Puerto Rico must decide their future, and Congress has the responsibility and power to facilitate that process. The negotiations have been difficult, emotional, and at times it seemed that there was no path forward. However, we kept us focused during this process was the desire to bridge our differences so once and for all Puerto Ricans could be provided with a clear and transparent process on the status question. We must contextualize that the status question is bigger than all of us here today and bigger than any political motivations. The status question has affected Puerto Ricans for centuries, first under Spain and then under the United States. And as my fellow Boricuas will tell you, el status lo afecta todo. Now, I would like to highlight the provisions included in this draft. 
The consensus clearly defines Puerto Rico's non-territorial status options, statehood, independence, and free association. It is the first time Congress recognizes free association as a status option, where the American citizenship of Puerto Ricans will be respected. Importantly, provisions on rights to U.S. citizenship and are included in both independence and free association option. Second, it provides for an objective, nonpartisan, federally funded voter education campaign leading up to the, void, uh, to the vote. And it authorizes the necessary funds to carry out a nonpartisan voter education campaign and initial plebiscite, and if necessary, a runoff plebiscite. This includes describing the transition to an implementation of each status option in sufficient detail for eligible voters in Puerto Rico to make an informed choice. The campaign will also include the discussion of critical matters, such as taxation, commerce, international representation, and citizenship under the three status op options. Finally, I will it will ensure Congress implementation of the option that is chosen by a majority of the eligible voters in Puerto Rico. I would like to first thank Leader Hoyer and his staff for being an honest broker throughout this painstaking process, and also to Chairman Grijalba of the Natural Resources Committee and his staff. And importantly, my deepest gratitude to my staff, current and past, who for the last 30 years have poured their hearts into this issue and without whom I would not be here today. My sincere appreciation goes to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has always been an ally, a key ally, not only on the bill we introduced last year, but throughout this process. Your insights and counsel have been instrumental along with your pep talks that brought inspiration when I was feeling low. Thank you. I would also like to acknowledge Jennifer Gonzalez Colon for coming to the table and holding one-on-one -on -one meetings that were extremely difficult and emotional at times, but fruitful. Look how far we have come. Think about where we were three months ago and where we stand today during such a pivotal and historic juncture. When the times come, I will be proud to lead the introduction of this bill with you. Thank you to the constitutional experts that have weighed in without ever knowing all the facts of the negotiation. Vaya mi total agradecimiento al profesor Rafael Cox, a Lomar y la profesora Cristina Ponza Kraus. And finally, to all the diaspora groups who provide, provided invaluable support throughout this process and for their tireless efforts to help us make the transformational change for the people of Puerto Rico. You help us keep moving forward with your remarkable drive and understanding of the importance of this moment. May we take this moment to recognize that as we are experiencing divisiveness and polarization in our daily political discourse, we are here to celebrate that coming to the table and finding a path forward is possible. Let this we be a lesson for our colleagues. Thank you, de todo corazón. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me uh, introduce the resident commissioner, Jennifer Gonzalez, one of the least sponsor of the uh, stable bill, and now the consensus uh, bill. Thank you, Nidia. I think this is a historic day. I think no one were expecting having Nidia and me together in a podium <laughs> ever. Uh, even when we've been sharing many other issues like SNAP, like NAP, 
like Medicaid, uh, Social Security income, and many others. There was uh, always this difference in terms of the status of the island. The difference that many political parties on the island held for many, many years. More than 100 years ago, still, the main issue on the island is the debate on status. So knowing where we're coming and saying, first of all, thank you uh, to our God that allowed us to be standing here and gave us the knowledge and the wisdom to sit on a table, to discuss our views, and to reach an agreement. I want to say thank you to uh, Leader Hoyer that has been an advocate for allowing the people of Puerto Rico for having a vote and a, and a main sponsor of HR 1522. Not now, always. Thank you, Leader Hoyer, for uh, being consistent uh, with the option of statehood for the people of Puerto Rico. I want to say thank you as well to Chairman Grijalba for this whole process, to our dear sponsor, Darren Soto, he's a brother uh, from Florida and always, I, I, I don't have a boat here in the house. So if there's somebody in this side of the room that actually represents why the people of Puerto Rico have a lot of inequalities, cannot vote in bills that affect our daily lives, the water uh, we take, the food we eat, the daily issues of the island, it's me. And the people of Puerto Rico voted many times, more than three times for statehood. This is a plebiscite after plebiscite after referendum. And I think in multiple occasions, and Congress have never itself resolved the main issue of status. In the last election in 2020, the governor of Puerto Rico, which is here, and I applaud him as a former member of Congress, actually during his time and his tenure, also fighting to get something coming from Congress are here today because both of us <coughs> were elected from the people of the island supporting statehood. That was in the platform. Statehood got more votes than the governor and I. That means that people, not only from a local party, but from all parties of the island, support statehood. That's the real consensus. But what happened? It is Congress the one authorized to deal with the issue. And this is the first time ever that we have a binding plebiscite with only non-territorial options. And I, I, I will say that for me, that's the most important agreement and consensus in this draft. It's the first time ever in more than 100 years that Congress allow a draft that will self-execute the option um, decided by the people of Puerto Rico. That non-territorial option, statehood, and two kinds of independence, independence and uh, sovereignty and free association with the United States. And the way it dishonors the mandate of the people of Puerto Rico in favor of statehood, providing a mechanism to achieve it. And I think this is one of the most important issues in this bill. And I think, like Nidia said a few minutes ago, today is a truly historic day for Puerto Rico's future. I know statehood is gonna happen. The question always was, always was how long it will take for our generation of Puerto Ricans to actually achieve this. After months, months of sincere discussions and negotiations, we can proudly announce that we, are ha we have reached an agreement on a path forward to solve once and for all the island's political status dilemma. And again, it's not perfect. It's not all media wanted. It's not all I wanted. It's not all the governor wanted. But at least I think we need to recognize there's a will the members that are here to get things done. There's a will to change history. There's a will to allow the people to achieve their full potential. And I do not say this word lightly. Essentially, I stand here with Nidia, as we have always been in opposite sides on this debate. Several of you have covered many of our press conferences in support of a statehood. I have long believed that the responsibility to act relies on Congress and as established by the US Constitution. For me, it's personal uh, because I'm, as I just said, I'm the only person here that actually lives on the island and know all those inequalities. And, and with the governor, with the governor, 
I may say the only member. Um, and this Puerto Rico Status Act will authorize a federally sponsored plebiscite among non-territorial status options. And, and this is, I think, the second greatest achievement of this compromise. We are not uh, doing a makeup to a process. We're talking about real options, mm -hmm. solving the colonial situation of the island, independence, uh, free association, and statehood. And, and that this process will be binding as the mechanism that is established to make the transition into, uh, and implement the majority of the, uh, the, the, the will of the majority of the voters of the island, I think is the most important thing. I, don't, I, I just want to underscore the significance of this proposal for the first time ever. We, be, we, will, be, we will be advancing uh, self-executing vote uh, for non-territorial alternatives. This is a first as well. Um, I think the territorial status constrain the ability of Puerto Rico to prosper. It denies 3.2 million American citizens that live on the island voting representation in Congress, the ability for, to vote for the commander in chief. Uh, in other words, we have no say at the national level or federal decision-making process which, which impacts every day of our lives. Moreover, as a territory, the federal government can, and often does, treat Puerto Rico unequally on the federal laws and programs that are crucial to combat poverty and promote economic development. The status quo is unsustainable, and until it is addressed, Puerto Rico's economy and social development will be continuing to lag, driving Puerto Ricans to leave our island and search for better opportunities in the mainland that happened, like happened during the last 20 years. Today, 43% of island's residents live under the poverty level. And while it is true that Congress could pass legislation to fix some of these disparities, it is true also that a future Congress take, can undo those efforts. And that's because we are a territory. And it will be always at Congress mercy. And that's the difference with, with, with this bill. That's how important it is. And how important it was for me coming along with media to get into a compromise. This is not Jennifer, this is not media. This is the people of Puerto Rico having the right to deserve a better future. And this is why any effort to permanently resolve political status must be among non-territorial options because we cannot put the problem again on the table. This bill rec recognizes and offers the people of Puerto Rico to finally choose with, within these options. And I wanna just say that today it's not, uh, Again, the will, the bill, we ever want it, but we need to be bigger than ourselves. Uh, we need to get things done. And I, I, and for me, as the first woman representing Puerto Rico in Congress, I think it's important that we all together, all the people that are here today, achieve an agreement. Y en español, breve, este es el momento histórico que el pueblo de Puerto Rico necesitaba escuchar por más de 120 años. Llegamos siendo una colonia de los Estados Unidos. Por más de 120 años se discute el estatus aquí, cancelándonos unos y otros sin lograr que el Congreso resuelva y por primera vez obligue a que se cumpla el resultado de una votación en la isla. Más de tres plebiscitos y el PIPO reclamando estadidad, sin embargo es el Congreso quien tiene el poder de mantenernos como colonia o buscar opciones descolonizadoras. Este acuerdo al que llegamos hoy, por primera vez eh, permite un plebiscito vinculante que permita el que se auto ejecute una determinación, ya sea a favor de la estadidad, de la independencia o de la independencia en la modalidad de libre asociación. Eso nunca había ocurrido en el Congreso y por eso me siento orgullosa hoy de que este liderato, el líder Hoyer, Grijalba, eh, eh, la congresista Velázquez y todos los que estamos aquí, podamos haya, a, haber puesto sobre la mesa todas nuestras diferencias, pero buscar un proyecto que permita y viabilice el que los puertorriqueños podamos decidir y que el Congreso respete la voluntad del pueblo de Puerto Rico. Hoy es un día bueno, le doy gracias a Dios y a la Virgen por esta oportunidad y a mi staff eh, que permitió todo esto desde el día uno y sin los cuales esto no se hubiera logrado. Le agradezco a los veteranos que vinieron de la isla, a los líderes, mujeres, jóvenes, estudiantes y a los múltiples que han dado visitas al Congreso para impulsar esta legislación. To the main sponsors of H.R. 1522, thank you. 
because it's because of that bill that we are actually negotiating negotiating this uh, this compromise. Thank you to all media. Again, I respect you more. Thank you, and I know that this could be the way uh, for the future. Uh, and again, thank you, Leader Hoyer and the Governor of Puerto Rico, for actually working this in a team manner. Um, now, I would like to introduce um, a brother from the island that represents the state of Florida, our main lead in the HR 1522. And I will say the only member of Congress that is original co sponsor of all the bills regarding Puerto Rico. <laughs> thank you. Uh, our, our friend, Darren Soto. Thank you, Commissioner. <clears throat> After 120 years of waiting, today is the day. We finally come together after much negotiation and compromise to give the people of Puerto Rico a chance to end the failed territorial status. The right to this day has been forged by patriotism, sacrifice, and blood by so many Puerto Ricans, including our legendary Barikaneers who came before us. However, it was the pivotal moment of Hurricane Maria, coupled with a limited window to pursue a solution that finally brought us together. Nearly 3,000 Puerto Ricans passing on the island because Puerto Rico doesn't have equal representation or sovereignty on, it, on its own. Our legislation will finally provide a binding election. So our brothers and sisters on the island will have a choice between three non-territorial options. The first choice is statehood, uh, the status that I personally support. It will come with equal admission to the union, with equal rights, equal benefits, and equal representation in this United States Congress. The next choice is independence. It would create the nation of Puerto Rico Sovereign and separate from the United States with the ability to forge its own future. And the third choice would be independence and free association, otherwise known as sovereignty with free association. It would also create the nation of Puerto Rico with sovereignty and separate from the United States, but also would have a compact. And the United States and Puerto Rico would have a limited relationship that would be defined by negotiations related to areas such as foreign affairs, use of the dollar, citizenship for limited times thereafter, and majority vote prevails, including a runoff. In the compromise, all sides had to give up some meaningful priorities, but all sides had so much to gain in ending the failed territorial status on the island. The country itself, our nation, was created by compromise from the Declaration of Independence to the United States Constitution and on to this day. Representatives throughout our history have put aside their differences for the greater good, and today marks another major chapter in our nation's storied history. I want to thank Commissioner Gonzalez Colon, Representatives Velasquez and Ocasio Cortez for uh, what was a spirited debate and one that uh, brought the result today, as well as the leadership of Governor Perluisi as well, um, back on the island. And then, of course, our leaders, Leader Hoyer and Chair Grijalva, uh, as well as Gallego and others. And we look forward to traveling uh, back to Puerto Rico to hear from the people and, and working with my colleagues in united fashion to pass this bill out of the House. And we urge our Senate colleagues to do the same. Brevemente en español, nosotros sabemos, después de 120 años y la tragedia de Huracán María, que Puerto Rico no es igual. Y finalmente, nosotros necesitamos este momento para tener tres opciones para tener uh, un final de este, este cuestión de, 20, uh, de 120 años. Es importante por nosotros para tener un compromiso y para tener la vota de Puerto Rico para decidir esta pregunta. Y gracias a todos mis colegas por todo su ayuda en este proceso. With that, I'd like to introduce my colleague and fellow Boricua, the youngest woman ever elected to Congress, uh, the young lady from New York, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. 
Thank you, everyone. Um, this truly is a, a historic day, and I certainly never thought I'd see the day. Um, es un milagro for sure. <laughs> uh, I, we can say that because I think uh, it's fair to say that um, after so many decades, um, over a century of disagreement and debate over settling the status of Puerto Rico in the, and uh, within the United States and, and Boricuas in the United States, um, we have come to a resolution. And um, but it, there was a lot of skepticism at first if this was ever going to happen, uh, because it was it has not been resolved for over a hundred years. Uh, but uh, as a as as a Puerto Rican here in the United States, um, after growing up my entire life, and especially after Maria, seeing my family. Uh, grow up in poverty, live under blue tarps, um, be exposed to the ravages of, of climate change, and also face the injustices of everything from Medicaid to participation in U.S. elections to uh, lack of equal treatment under U.S. law. We are here to finally end second-class citizenship of Puerto Ricans in the United States. And uh, as has been mentioned several times, uh, every party here has made concessions. Um, this is not a place of political agreement on what the outcome should be, but it is a political agreement on process. Mm -hmm. that, th that we should honor a decolonization process whereby the people of Puerto Rico can elect to choose their status. And it is the first time that we have seen a plebiscite that is binding to the United States, addressing key a key issue of the legitimacy of, of past plebiscites where the United States was not bound to honor the results, uh, of which the United States was not bound to honor the results. Um, secondly, we are seeing a plebiscite that equally respects all three non-territorial options. It is not centered on statehood or independence or free association, but it allows Puerto Ricans to equally choose between those three. It is historic in, those, in both of those respects. There is accountability to the DOJ over ballot materials to ensure that they are that they are truly impartial, and they allow all Puerto Ricans to participate in that plebiscite. It's historic in that it defines an, uh, free association here within the bounds of the bill and allows uh, and allows an actual negotiation via treaty with the United States on the uh, conditions of that free association via compact. And again, it allows uh, equal treatment of all three options. And why that is important is because it actually provides a faith in, in legitimacy of these institutions and these processes of which there were and there were issues and challenges in the past. And it is, it is my deep, deep hope that this process is conducted and this, and I know that in this bill allows for that faith in this process so that, uh, so that the people of Puerto Rico can have full faith, uh, and in, in their participation as such and that their vote and that their decision will be respected. Um, ese es un día, ese es un día, ese es un día histórico para nuestra gente y el pueblo de Puerto Rico. Esa es la primera vez en que tenemos una propuesta en que, los, la, uh, que el, el Estados Unidos tiene que respetar uh, la el, el decisión de, los, de un, una elección de, le, de, le, de la gente de Puerto Rico. Perdón, I'm getting all nervous. <laughs> Pero este es un día histórico, porque este también es una elección que va a respetar las tres opciones que no son, uh, y, y no tenemos una opción de de continuar uh, el estatus colonial de Puerto Rico. Las tres opciones son la estatidad, independencia y libre asociación con los, con los Estados Unidos. Este es un momento histórico y también estamos aquí a, resuel a resuelvar, resuelva, a resuelva, a resuelva uh, los, los, los preguntas sobre uh, el proceso de, de las elecciones en Puerto Rico. Este es un momento muy histórico y um, yo quiero también agradecer a todas las personas que están aquí. Um, 
la congresista Nidia Velázquez, la congresista Jennifer Colón, Darren Soto, uh, Rubén Gallego, que estaba aquí, uh, representante Hoyer, líder Hoyer, a mí también el gobierno que está aquí, que estamos aquí a compro, a, con compromiso um, y también en fe que este va a ser un proceso que respecta la, la gente de Puerto Rico. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you very much. I, I, I want, I'm sure all of you observe why I'm so proud to have worked with these folks in a very tough, tough uh, challenge. And that is bringing disparate views together to create a compromise which will give the people of Puerto Rico a binding choice, not just a plebiscite, not just a, a focus group, but a choice uh, of their own. And uh, I am very pleased that uh, the governor, uh, who was, uh, through his staff and th through his own participation, a critical partner in this negotiation. Uh, he has his own views, uh, but his views, as expressed by all who have spoken, was to get to an agreement, a consensus, that would provide a, uh, a document, a process, a way for the people of Puerto Rico to express not our will, but their will, and that that will would be carried out. The governor of Puerto Rico, my friend who was a resident commissioner here and with whom I worked very closely over, a, uh, over all the time of his service, uh, Pedro Pielawisi. Thank you. As governor of Puerto Rico, I, um, I feel proud to be here, and I thank uh, Leader Hoyer for inviting me to be part of this announcement. It is a momentous occasion, um, and uh, the gist of it is that we are, the members here present, are ensuring that we have full democracy in Puerto Rico. That's what's failing in Puerto Rico. The three non-territorial options that are being presented to the people of Puerto Rico for their um, blessing are fully democratic. This is all about fixing a problem that is too old. For 124 years, Puerto Rico has been a territory. Ever since 105 years ago, all those born in Puerto Rico are American citizens, yet that do not, they do not vote for the president of their nation. They do not have voting representation in the Congress of their nation. And uh, they do not participate equally in multiple federal programs. Nobody can deny that the current status of Puerto Rico is undemocratic. And that's why it is not included in this bill. Um, the people will be the ones deciding their future. And for the first time ever, Congress is not simply asking the people to, of, of Puerto Rico to express their will. Congress is committing to implement, implementing the will of the majority. Um, exactly 11, actually, this was 12 years ago, I introduced the bill in this house, HR 2499, calling for a multiple option plebiscite in Puerto, in Puerto Rico. It turns out exactly the same day, one year later, so this was 11 years ago, uh, there was a hearing uh, held at the, by the committee, uh, the Natural Resources Committee, on that bill. And that bill went on to be approved by this House. So the last time Congress dealt with this issue seriously, and, this, and, and it was this House, it was actually in 2010. And, and so this was 12 years ago. Um, it is about time we, we do better. It is about time we solve this political status issue that has been plaguing and affecting Puerto Rico for too long. 
I have to thank Leader Hoyer for convening the principal sponsors of the, of, of the two bills pending before this Congress dealing with Puerto Rico status, actually brokering between them. I also have to thank uh, Leader Hoyer's staff for you know, drafting the, the basic framework we're using. And I have to say, I have read this bill rather carefully. And I know that the end result, it is fair, it is reasonable, it is pragmatic, it does what it needs to do. The three options are fairly described in this bill. It is not tilted towards any of the options, towards in favor of any of the options. The bill also describes fairly and reasonably what's going to happen once a majority of the people of Puerto Rico pick one of the three options. And that is also very important. Uh, the bill ensures that there will be voter education, so you'll have an informed vote by the people of Puerto Rico. So even though it's not perfect, um, again, it does what it needs to do. I thank and commend uh, Congresswoman Nidia Velasquez. Uh, I, I commend as well Resident Commissioner Jennifer Gonzalez, Chairman Grijalva, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congressman uh, Darren Soto, among others who pledged to actually resolve this issue that has been pending for too long. So count on me as the governor of Puerto Rico to help you guide the, the people of Puerto Rico in this process. So on November 5th, 2023, which I believe is the date, we hold this federally sanctioned plebiscite, and that's going to be the beginning of the end of the current colonial and territorial status of Puerto Rico. I am sure that when the time comes, the majority of the people will ratify their will for equality, the equality that you have here in America from sea to shining sea. But I don't want to... Uh, eh, eh, affect the tenor and the sentiment involved in this particular announcement that is being made today. The people will speak and then will and then will will hit their mandate. Thank you. Thank you very much, Governor. From sea to shining sea and the beautiful blue warm waters of Puerto Rico. Uh, the chairman uh, wanted to give a uh, brief addition just, to his remarks about the schedule. Just an announcement, uh, yeah. Mr. Hoyer. Um, I, I mentioned that we, the input as we, we sent it out is already in the committee and we welcome that input uh, and to be cataloged and to be presented to everyone. And the other, the other part is, uh, you know, uh, this process now is, is an important process. It's no longer about blame as to why something is not getting done. It is now about informing and educating and motivating the people of Puerto Rico to make a choice of these three options. That's where we're at. And I want to thank everybody for that effort. I want to thank uh, Margarita Varela, uh, Luis Urbina, and the other committee staff, and Brian for uh, the time that they have put into this uh, very important issue. And, I, and, and Mr. Hoyer, uh, thank you for getting us to this point. And now I think uh, we move forward. And we're going to be in Puerto Rico to listen to stakeholders, to listen to elected officials, and uh, that is a commitment we made in terms of transparency and have that have the draft discussion item out there for people to be able to react to it and to have an opinion on it. So thank you very much. And uh, Mr. Hoyer, again, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, before uh, I yield to questions, I do want to in, uh, introduce just very briefly the staff because they were absolutely essential. They worked so hard. They worked around the clock. Uh, and we can clap after I introduce them maybe so those people know who they, who they are. First of all, 
my own staff for the chairman mentioned Trent Bowserman. Trent, where are you? Thank you very much. Alexis Covey Brand, my chief of staff, uh, who worked very closely with all of those, including the governor's uh, office as well. Uh, Claudia Orobazo, is Claudia here? Uh, who heads up my outreach, did a wonderful job. Uh, with the committee, I think Brian and, uh, and Luis and Margarita have already been mentioned by the chairman. Nidia's staff, Renata Baragon, uh, Mr. Gonzalez's staff, Gabriela Botelli. Uh, that sounded like an Italian, I'm probably pronouncing it, but I'm not sure uh, that was correct. But in any event, and, and Gabriel Bravo. Uh, on uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's staff, uh, Marianne Jalul. Jalul. Thank you very much uh, for your work. And uh, Andrea Valdez, uh, Mr. Soto's uh, staff. Uh, Mr. Perluisi's per per staff, who was a, 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 a part of a, this whole negotiation, whom I've known for a long time, and dear friend of mine, Carmen Veliciano, who is at the back. Thank you very much. Now we will yield uh, uh, for questions. So, uh, so the parameters for, for statehood and independence are pretty clear, whether they're in the Constitution or whatever country decides. But what mechanisms would you come up with for, in case of a free association, to force this Congress and maybe a future Congress to, uh, you know, to accept citizenship, uh, maybe? Uh, federal benefits and to, to sort of keep them. What are, what are the mechanisms? Well, citizenship is in the bill. That's in the bill. And if you have citizenship, you cannot be taken away. Yeah. So it would. So, so it would be the children of those that are Puerto Rican citizens residing in the island of Puerto Rico. So their children will have to go through a process established by. Uh, so the bottom line: that's in the bill. So the yeah. Compact of Free Association is already baked into the bill? No, that's not the Compact of Free Association. The Compact of Free Association will have to be an agreement, as currently exists with some uh, other uh, entities. Uh, that will have to be negotiated between, the, uh, the uh, assuming that is chosen, between two sovereign nations, Puerto Rico and the United States of America. So under the bill, if the person born in Puerto Rico of the Free Association... In a period of, for a period of time, that's accurate. Pardon? No. Initially, it would be automatic. For how long? What do you mean, how long? How long would the citizenship be permanent? Yeah, it wouldn't be temporary citizenship. And Leah Hoyer, how you reach, you know, this is a consensus between you, the number two in the house, to chairwoman of committees, five members of Congress, maybe I can count. How do you reach a consensus in your council first? What is the leadership of the GOP in, in this process? I know that Commissioner left. Uh, and, you know, any... She left because been questioning all of us who are involved in this process on a regular basis. You've been very tenacious and very... Uh, uh, I've avoided them. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me say that, you know, this is a, this is a step. Uh, you, you, We all have watched the legislative process. We've all understood. We passed a lot of bills through the House of Representatives. We've been disappointed that uh, some of them haven't passed. Uh, and we're going to continue to work on them. I've been working on this issue for now 80, from 86, um, uh, and uh, I've worked with a number of different people on it. Um, what I think you see here is, frankly, historic and extraordinary in the sense that now uh, Congresswoman Velasquez and Congresswoman uh, Colon Gonzalez are very low-key people, <laughs> don't have very strong thoughts. No pigeons. These two strong women came together, sat down, representing two points of view, but joined, as a number of them have said, in one point of view. Colonial, actually two, colonial status was not acceptable, and the will of the Puerto Rican people should control. They agreed on that. Then uh, we worked to get to a document that reflected that agreement. All of us. We were all in the room. Uh, 
maybe not physically in the room, but we were there by Zoom, um, and we reached agreement. So, so what I'm going to say is that is a huge step to have taken. I am now hopeful uh, after the, the chairman's going to go down to Puerto Rico, maybe some of the rest of us will go down, and he will hear, his committees will hear from the people. Because this is about them, not about us. And then he will come back and he will uh, take that input. His committee will consider that input and we'll see what they do on reporting a bill. And how you deal with the reality, the political reality in Puerto Rico that the party that controls the legislature oppose this kind of, of proposal. They, they defend the status quo and the governor doesn't, may not have the vote in the well, the governor will have to deal with that. No, uh, and the, the bill, the but, bill but is, let me tell you, I've talked self-executing. Yeah, and we, the bill, you don't need, need an approval. You don't need an approval from the legislature to do what yep. the bill provides for. And the electoral commission does have to be involved. The electoral commission does. Yes, it 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 will be in charge of the of the um, of the voting process. Uh, except that, yes, except that the Department, Department of Justice, Justice will will oversee. will oversee the voter education process. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't want to get ahead yeah. too far ahead because I think part of the issue that we finally at this point is that everybody gets ahead of of, of this issue. You know, they get ahead to celebrating statehood, celebrating something else, and. And this fundamental point that we're trying to deal with today hasn't been dealt. I don't want to get it. What happens to the GOP? I think Mr. Hoyer me, and, and, and here, the House will do its job. Let me the House will do its job. And then let me we'll repeat what this bill is about. Does the United States want to be a colonial power? I hope the answer to that is Continue an emphatic no. An emphatic no. That is not a political issue. Mm -hmm. That is a principal issue. That's an issue of what our country is about. We believe in self-determination. And if I may, Leader Hoyer, it is historic that the United States is acknowledging that this relationship, that its current relationship with Puerto Rico is wrong. colonial in nature. This is absolutely unprecedented. And for over 100 years, the United States has defended this relationship as legitimate. And for the first time, we have a bipartisan uh, acknowledgement at that includes House leadership willing to move on a resolution that acutely uh, that acutely acknowledges the current colonial status. Of and look, uh, um, Jose, I know that we we all are skeptical, right, uh, because of the political dynamics in Puerto Rico. But there is a very strong message um, that the people of Puerto Rico need to get, and those elected officials that do not want to move on this. You know, people of Puerto Rico are tired. They, they, they understand that the structural inefficiencies of a territorial um, uh, type of government that is, by its nature, it, it, it just, it doesn't work anymore. So, what is going to happen? We're going to get it done here, and then we will move to the Senate, and we will use everything that we have. All those Puerto Ricans in those states, they love to go and visit them. Well, they will have to show up and uh, request for the Senate to move this bill in, in, in the other body. Peter Hoyer, I asked over 30 senators this week about Puerto Rico. And if there's one takeaway from it, it's that Puerto Rico is not a priority in the Senate. So is this a messaging bill? Is it a messaging process? Or does uh, is there a strategy for making this bipartisan consensus by camera? Self-determination is a priority in the Senate. Freedom is a priority in the Senate. I hope, I, mean, I think, of the 30 I, I, I hear what you're saying. And it has not been a front burner item because they didn't think anything was gonna happen. This day is about something happened. This day is about people coming together who had very strong views uh, and, and made them compatible in the sense that uh, they don't want to make the final decision. They want the Puerto Ricans to make the final decision. But what they've come to grips with is alternatives that will be uh, open, transparent, and have effect. Yeah. That's why it, it, it's not just a plebiscite. It's not just a what's your opinion. 
It's what's your decision on what your status is going to be. Do you want to be an independent nation? Do you want to be an independent nation with a relationship with the United States? Or do you want to be a part of the United States, a whole 100% equal part of the United States? That's, that's, that's where we are. And frankly, from my view, I hope the Senate will pass this. I'm going to work to have them pass uh, this. No, I don't want to talk about my strategy at this point. The strategy Oscar. is to get it done here well, first. Yeah, right. One step at a time. Will we be able to see a legislative text? Uh, oh, yes. The it's committee already is already on the website. Well, you, you have a draft. Yeah. You have a draft. But the committee, what Mr. Good, uh, what the chairman is saying, well, what the chairman is saying, this is a process. And it sets up a process at the end that will have effect. That's the key. But the process is the chairman is now going to take this draft. He's going to take, I don't know how many members of the committee, the committee down to Puerto Rico. Not ask them to you know, send a letter to us. We're going to come down and we're going to hear you. And we understand that there are a lot of different views of points of view. Public hearings. Uh, and ask for input. Then he's going to come back, as we do with every piece of legislation, and try to take that information that he's received from the people of Puerto Rico to draft a bill uh, that they believe is fair and effective. So we've, question. we've turned two important dates so far. It was, uh, I think Jose said uh, June is the, the hearing that their natural resources uh, subcommittee. Uh, somebody here with the committee. Um, uh, Trent, do you know the date? Sir? The, Trent, the, the date for, do we have it? What's the date? That early June. We don't have a specific, but they're going to be scheduled. So, what is what? What would be a, a realistic timeline for completing the process of review and bringing something to? The look, look. I, I don't want to set deadlines or this. I want to do this as soon as possible. Uh, as you know, I was hopeful we would do this by the end of March. It was tough. We had a lot of, you know, making compromise is tough. Because the, your proponents of your position are beating on you. You can't move off this position. And the proponents of the other position say, you can't move off this position. And the result of not moving off your position is nothing happens. Uh, so uh, we hope that something does happen. And I'm going to be working towards that. End, and I'm going to be working towards it. And I hope the people of Puerto Rico uh, will come and give their honest views with the understanding that the option is colonial status, which so is what the, uh, the boxes to check are uh, a, a hearing, then uh, public review with public hearings and committee action, committee action, and then to the floor. It's public hearing, committee action, floor. Yeah, just just, but that's like every bill. We, we got to go, folks. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to this special bonus episode. If you don't already keep up with us by following at Paseo Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribing to our Paseo Podcast YouTube channel. You can also support the show by leaving a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever the highest rating is on the app you're listening to this on. Leaving a five-star rating and positive comment really helps more people find the show too. See you next week for an all-new episode of the Paseo Podcast. Cuídate.